You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hi there. Welcome to the Epic Marvel Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Findlay, and this is the very first Epic Marvel Podcast micro-episode. And I say micro-episode because I'm hoping, I, I'm only just starting to record this right now, but I'm hoping it'll be under 10 minutes long. And I'm doing this mainly because I've got some deadlines and I can't get a, a review episode where I talk about 20 issues, so I'm just going to talk about one, and we're going to see how this goes. And uh, I think in the future that uh, I might be moving these over to Patreon as a Patreon-exclusive because um, I need to get some <laughs> some reason for you guys to help me out with my finances. My plan here, since this is a micro-episode, I think I'm going to talk about Micronauts. And I've become really interested in Micronauts recently because, the uh, you know, there's a movie that has been announced. Uh, actually, it's been announced for many, many years, and the date just keeps on getting pushed back and pushed back. And I think at this point, as of this recording, it's supposed to come out sometime in 2021. But just the Micronauts in general have been an interest to me because it's a well-regarded series based on a licensed property. And most licensed properties are not that great. Like Marvel never really put that much attention into them other than Star Wars and Transformers and G.I. Joe. The other two exceptions are ROM and Micronauts. But, you know, there's there's so many different licensed properties that Marvel has done, especially through the 80s and such. But this one is one that people really love. And so it's one that I want to check out, and especially because the Marvel Universe plays heavy into into the series as well. Like There are so many different uh, guest appearances, cameos by various people from the Marvel Universe, and that makes me interested. Also, the, uh, the Microverse is something that's been in the in Marvel Universe for a while, so much so that they used it in the Ant-Man movie, except they called it Subatomica because Microverse... I believe, is a trademark, like a copyrighted name that's owned by Hasbro as part of this comic. So uh, they couldn't use that in the movies. So I'm going to talk about Micronauts issue number one. We'll go through it and talk about my first impressions. This is my first time reading it. This is going to be different from my other review episodes because I'm only going to read one issue and then talk about it. I'm not going to have the 20 issues of context nor do I have the years and years of context to go along with it to inform how I'm viewing these issues because I've never read any of this before. So join with me for this episode and uh, let's get started. Micronauts number one has a cover date of... Uh, what is this? January 1979, which means that it came out a couple months before that, probably 
November of 1978. This is the Star Wars era. Of course, Star Wars, the first movie, came out in 1977, and it was a huge hit. And right off the bat, when you look at this cover, the main bad guy definitely looks to me like he's inspired by Darth Vader. You can tell with the just the way the mask looks and the dark color and stuff. And he's up in the in the corner box as well, and he's all black. I really think that there's a lot of Star Wars influence in this book. And I'll bring up a couple more examples of that because I see it kind of all throughout here. Very, very heavily influ- influenced by the first Star Wars movie. This issue is written by Bill Mantlo and drawn by Michael Golden. Uh, in fact, Mike Golden is credited as a storyteller. The Bill Mantlo and Michael Golden get co-credits for storytellers. And Joseph Joe Rubenstein is the embellisher, which means that Michael Golden was just doing the layouts and Rubenstein was doing a little bit more involved work than simply inking. Not that inking is a simple job, but that's how uh, that's how this issue is working, I think. It's split up into a number of chapters. And uh, you know what? Before I go on, I want to talk about just the origin of this, of Micronauts. Because uh, Bill Mantlo was the one who who really spearheaded this, and it's kind of one of the one of the earliest toy-driven licensed books that Marvel was doing. And there's a, a little bit of a legend or a lore that goes along with it, and I had the opportunity to speak to Michael Mantlo, who is Bill Mantlo's brother, about Bill and his life. Of course, uh, if you don't know, Bill is currently um, in a care home with severe brain damage. He, he got hit by a moving car while he was rollerblading back in the 90s, I mean, dealt him a, a huge blow to the to the head, and he's not really recovered. He's still alive, but he is living in completely assisted care. Michael cares for him a lot. And, and so Michael was telling me about the history, and so I'll play a clip of Mike talking about the history of Micronauts, how it came to be in Marvel Comics. Yeah, uh, Micronauts was, was a toy line uh, by either Mago or Hasbro. I mean, I'm not sure which, which company originally created the Micronauts, the toys. And when they came out, there was no story. There was no comic book. There was nothing about Micronauts. It was just it was a Japanese toy company, and they, they based it on, I, I think, a character in Japan that was called Microman. And they, they created this line of toys. My mom had bought... For, for Bill's stepson, a bunch of these toys for for a Christmas present. Okay. And the step, his stepson was opening opening the toys and playing with them on, on Christmas. And Bill looked at the toys and, and said, "Hmm, there's, there's there's something here that I could do, that I could do." You know. So apparently, he went to um, I think at that point Jim Shooter was the editor in chief. Uh, he went to Shooter and said pitched the idea to him that I'd like to create a story about these guys. You know, and, and they gave him the green light because, no, again, nobody else in Marvel wanted to touch the, 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 the toy lines. And Shooter said to him, well, come up with something and give it to me and let, let's see what you got. And he, he came up with the story and he got together with uh, Michael Golden and they, they created this whole universe and they brought it in and, and Marvel said, okay, go with it. They didn't expect much, but they said, oh, we'll give it a try. It wound up running 75 issues. Okay, just going back to the cover here, 
I don't recognize any of these characters except for Bug down in the bottom corner because Bug has popped up a few times here and there. He had a one-shot that I remember in the 90s. He is, he's a character that has kind of persisted beyond the Micronauts. In fact, I think he joined the Guardians of the Galaxy recently. And the other characters on this one, on this cover, I'm not familiar with, but I am now that I've read this first issue. The main character is Ran. He's the guy in blue. To the right of him is a Marionette. And to the left is a Croyer. And I had to figure out how to pronounce a Groyer because it looks like Acroyer. So I went and uh, went to YouTube to look up some commercials of the old toys to see how Mego themselves, the toy company Mego, pronounced this character's name. And they do indeed pronounce it Acroyer. And it was interesting to me to find out that Acroyer is actually the name of the bad guys in the Micronauts toys. Micronauts are the good guys, Acroyers are the bad guys. It's not just one guy, it's a, a bunch of guys. Uh, in this comic, Acroyer is a rebel. He is one guy who has rebelled against the rest of the, the bad guys, uh, which I'll get to in a little bit. And then Ran is a very much a Han Solo type character. In fact, we see a scene where he flies in on a ship that looks very similar to what could be a Millennium Falcon and comes out of the out of the dock uh, in a in a fashion that looks like Han Solo during Star Wars coming out of the dock and he kind of has an attitude and it's just a, a very much a sort of a I would maybe an analog kind of a character and the marionette is a we find out through this issue that she's actually a princess in disguise uh, there's there's so much world building in this first issue. We are introduced, we're thrown right into it, right in the first chapter, into the middle of a war. A war that has been raging apparently for, you know, a thousand years or something like that, between a couple of different factions. And uh, what's interesting is that Ran is thrown into the mix. Uh, he's in, We're introduced to him as being uh, like an explorer. He's documenting things and ex and discovering things. And then there's one line he gets he gets knocked out. And then the the caption is, "Sleep, the first real sleep Commander Ran has had in the 1,000 years since he was placed in suspended animation." And it's like we we went through this whole thing, this whole chapter here, and 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 just met this guy and then they kind of throw in there oh yeah he's been around for over a thousand years <laughs> so it's like wow what is going on here the world that they're in is called the microverse but the microverse is apparently made up of a whole bunch of different planets and the one planet that this war is being raged on is called homeworld there are a whole bunch of different bad guys including the main bad guy now uh, this this is the darth vader guy his name is baron karza and he and Commander Ran have a history. So apparently Baron Karza has been around for over a thousand years as well. So what is this world? How, do they, how did the war start? Why are they fighting? How, are, how, are, how is it that these people have been around for over a thousand years? I don't exactly know. The, through the course of the issue, Ran is thrown in jail, and there's where he meets Marionette and Bug, and a Croyer, and that is how we have form our main team. It's going to be those four guys versus Baron Karza and his, looks like his second-in-command, Prince Shaitan. In this first issue, there is a handy guide that says, Meet the Micronauts, with a little picture, a little bio of each of the main characters, which is really handy, because honestly, I 
kind of got lost with all of these new characters being thrown at me all at once. Plus, they're just throwing out phrases and concepts that are completely foreign to me, new words that I don't know the meanings of, and and just the the whole world, which it's great. I assume that we're going to learn more about this, and it's all going to be unfolded as we go through the, the next several issues, but it's just a lot to take in in one issue, but it's fun. So uh, that's where we know of these main characters, and there's a lot of information in here in this page, Meet the Micronauts, that we actually don't get to find out in this issue. It's not told in the story. For instance, a croyer is a prince of the Acroyers. And he his name is unpronounceable, it says. His his fearsome face is never seen. And apparently his brother is Prince Shaitan. So Prince Shaitan and Prince Acroyer are brothers. This is classic. There's the, the good brother and the evil brother. So we're, they're going to have to face off at some point. You know that. And then also, at one point, one of the characters, I think it's a croyer, calls upon uh, this other guy who calls himself the Time Traveler. So now all of a sudden we have time travel in the mix too. Like, wow, this is pretty cool sci-fi stuff. There's a lot of concepts that are being thrown together, and I assume there's shrinking and enlarging at some point, though we don't get any of that in this issue because it's all relative. So even if these guys are tiny in the microverse, they just look normal size on these pages, and they... They interact with things that are relative to their own size. So the, uh, at the end of the issue, we it says we're going to travel to Earth. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens when they pop up on Earth and what happens there. So yeah, a couple of the other Star Wars heavy things. I mentioned the Millennium Falcon. Um, there's a little robot called Microtron. And then he has another compo- uh, counterpart named Biotron. Biotron's bigger, but but Microtron is... He looks like kind of he could be R2-D2. So there's a very R2-D2-like kind of character there. A Croyer has a sword that looks like it's made of energy, which is very similar to like a lightsaber, I would say. Um, there's just a lot of similarities here. So, uh, what, And what struck me also is that it doesn't come off as a toy line adaptation or a toy line comic tie-in. Transformers, you absolutely get the feeling that these are toys that they're trying to shill when you read those first few issues. But this one, we just have some really cool superhero costumes and superhero action. Um, The only thing that I felt like, oh man, this is definitely a toy company, is in the middle of an issue when this tank comes barreling in, and the tank definitely looks like a toy. Uh, But other than that, it's very cool. And I think a lot of that has to do with Michael Golden, because his art is great. And the characters of Ran, Marionette, and Bug are all new to this comic. And they are actually Marvel properties, copyrighted Marvel properties. Which means that in IDW, the IDW comics that are coming out now currently, they can't use those characters. Which is odd, because it seems like so much of the mythology in this issue is being built around the fact that Ran is connected to the war because of of his parents a thousand years ago, and Marionette, of course, is a princess. So if those characters are taken out of the mix, how can you still tell a good story? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll find that out later on as we continue our reading through this. I'm already over 10 minutes, so maybe I should wrap this up. But I, I I just want to quickly mention that the art from Michael Golden is really nice. He has such a great dynamic style. I love the way he plays with shadows, and I really love how he emphasizes a lot of his action shots by 
placing them against stark white backgrounds with no borders. If you go to the second page of chapter 2, in the top left panel, where all of these guys are getting ready to fire on Ran for the first time, and you just see their guns, everything in that panel is a monochromatic blue, and there's, there's no border on two sides, so it really, really makes the gun stand out. And I love that. And then further down, when when he's being blasted, when Rand's being blasted, uh, just the the energy from the action lines and the, the red and orange colors coming off of that panel is, is very, very cool. And even on that panel, again, further down, when Rand wakes up and he's holding his head, half of his face is in shadows. You can see where the light source is coming from. A great zipatone gradient in the background. Uh, there's And that's, the zipatone is Joe Rubenstein's thing. He uses zipatone a lot in his in his work so you can tell it that there's the influence there but there's a lot of really really great artwork here so i'm i'm really happy with this it's a it, it's a very confusing first issue but i chalk that up to being uh enticing on purpose and confusing on purpose so that there's a lot to unpack and explore in the next several issues as we get more introduced to this world so if you've liked this episode and you want to hear more, I encourage you to follow along with my Micronauts reading. Um, I don't know at this point how often I'm going to get these episodes out, so hopefully uh, it'll be on a regular basis, and uh, and we'll just tackle them as we come. You'll find them on patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network, and I'm going to place these at just the dollar level. So if you can donate only $1 a month, You'll get Micronauts ep- episodes, and I will uh, keep you entertained for 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> for however long it takes in these episodes. Uh, otherwise, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter. Just search for Epic Marvel Podcasts on any of those platforms. And if you love talking about Marvel's Epic Collections, you can join us on my Facebook page. Just search for Epic Collections on Facebook. Uh, other than that, search my history for, uh, for all of my episodes. There's an index at the top of my website, epicmarvelpodcast.com, and you can find that. Uh, you can find the interview, the full interview with Michael Mantlow uh, there for you to listen to, where we talk about Micronauts and a whole lot more. And uh, yeah, that wraps it up for me. I hope you enjoyed this micro episode, and I hope to uh, see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.